Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We're excited to see all of you here today as we discuss and talk and, and, and are here for worship. We're glad that all of you are here with us. The flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning are in loving memory of Miss Dorothy Washburn Edwards and her many contributions to the church and to the community. Um, and that those are given by the Dorothy Edwards Sunday School class. And so we wanted to take note of that. This morning as we begin our time in worship, I'm going to be reading from the book of Colossians. Um, as Keith began a new sermon series last week, um, talking about heaven and the unseen world. Um, this has been sort of our theme verse moving through these next couple of weeks. So I'm gonna be reading from Colossians chapter three, verses one and two, and I invite you to follow along and to listen to these words. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. We are glad that you are here for worship today. Our hymn of praise this morning is hymn number 553, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. 553, if you're able, please stand and join in singing.
may be seated. How are you? Thank you. Got so many good helpers today. I'm so glad to see everybody. It's so much fun when everybody's here. I want to read a scripture to you. Some of you have already seen what I have in my hand. But before we listen to it, we want to listen to one verse. It's Psalm 50, verse 10. God, create in me a pure heart. Give me a new spirit that is faithful to you. What have I got right here? And what do you do with the stethoscope? You listen to your heart. And when a doctor listens to your heart, what does he say? Can you hear your heart? Does he say you've got a good heart? That's beating good? Well, does God put his stethoscope on when he listens to you? He does. And then what does he say, Julian? You're okay. God says you're okay. That's exactly right. But what if we've not been okay? What does God say? You're not okay. Does he forgive us when we say that? Yes, he does. See, this God's sort of like a doctor, except he's with us all the time. And if you're like me, I don't always like to go to the doctor. Do you? I do. You like to go? I am so glad because I bet when your mama goes to the doctor and she has to take all three of you, it's a chore. And oh, I know I really don't want to go to the doctor. Yes, I know. But what we want to know is that when we have God in our heart, and we all do, we have him in our heart every single day. And when he puts on his stethoscope, he hears that all of us have been good that all of us are listening to him and we're thanking him for all the good things he does for us every day, that he makes us better children and better people because we talk to him and we listen to him and we pray and we say, thank you, God, for giving me a good heart, a clean heart and a heart that's always open to you, God, to take care of us. Just like the doctor's stethoscope, and just like if our heart's not beating real good when we go, the doctor's going to take care of us. Just like God takes care of you and me every single day. Can we be a good person and let God hear good hearts every day? I know you can. I know we all can. Can't we, Liza? And Ella. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that all our children have clean, pure hearts, that they listen to you, that they learn to say thank you, that they know that you can fill them with good things and take care of them. Lord, we're blessed to see the joy on these children's faces, to see the joy that they have for you. Thank you, God, for these children, for their families, and for this church that opens their arms to welcome them and love them and take care of them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Good morning once again. Before Candy comes to pray this morning, I do want to let the church family know many of you have visited with and know of Rachel Mack, who's been in our Cleveland Pines nursing home here in Shelby for many years. Rachel passed away this morning, and uh, we praise the Lord for that. Uh, it is a blessing. Rachel has struggled for these last few weeks and months, and so we know that Rachel is with our Lord in heaven. But the services for Rachel Mack will either be Monday or Tuesday, July the 8th or 9th at 11 a.m. here at Bowling Springs Baptist with a visitation at 10 a.m. So we'll let the church family know if that would be July 8th or July 9th. The family's meeting with the funeral home this morning, but wanted to share that news uh, before Candy prays. Thank you. Let's go to God in prayer. Creator God, for all we sense and learn and experience, we thank you. For the gift of rest and renewal, for the ebb and flow of this summer season, for discoveries and delights, we praise you. During these moments of sunshine and rest, help us to take the time to relax and take in deep breaths to enter your holy presence. Deliver us from our never-ending pursuit of the next and best thing, and instead, refocus our attention on the people and issues that are truly important in our lives. Help us to create space for your word to break through, transforming life, to create time to be still, to pray, to listen, to rejoice, to celebrate the fullness of life in you, O oh Lord of all life, as we enter your presence, we lift up the things that trouble our minds today. In our daily lives, soften our hearts that we might release our relationships into your care, neither trying to control the outcome nor hardening ourselves to your guiding hand in them. We know people who are dealing with illness and grief and suffering and are in need of your healing presence. Some of us are frightened by what we imagine the future might hold. Some are dealing with the instability of health or financial burdens. Some know the disquiet that comes with failure and disappointment. There are so many around us who are so overwhelmed by life that they cannot even imagine that you care. Plant the seed of hope that life could be different with your grace. Some wonder about the overwhelming issues facing our world and seek your wisdom. For all these people and for the situations that grip our hearts this morning, we offer our silent prayers now. For we trust that you are indeed the mover of mountains. Gracious God, we live our ordinary lives and your spirit lives in us. We become discouraged and your Holy Spirit embraces, energizes, and transforms us. You take our wounded spirits and restore us to live and serve you anew as your hands and heart in our world. We know that our lives are in your hands and we trust that your love and presence will continually be in our lives and indeed even in our deaths as we have placed our trust in you for all of eternity. We thank you for your ever-surrounding presence of compassion, 
mercy, grace, and love. We know better than to worry and fret, for we know you hold our future. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our friend, our brother, our savior, and our example for all of our days. Amen. And now I'll direct your attention to either the screens or your order of service as we join together in singing, Oh, They Tell Me of a Home, also known as the Unclouded Day. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. Thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to worship in your house this morning. Just please be with us as we go throughout our week, wherever it may be, either on vacation or back to work or somewhere else. Just keep us safe and allow us to live in a manner that would be pleasing to you. And just keep us focused on, on what you would have us to do to represent you as we go throughout our lives. Amen.
Thank you, choir and musicians this morning. That was wonderful. I want to offer a few personal words today before I read scripture. You can turn there. Go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 4, 11 through 15. If you would like, it will be on the screen there either now. Well, and just well, it already is there. and That's okay. But I want to share a few personal words before I, I read the scripture this morning. As we turn our attention to things unseen, both last Sunday, today, and, and over the next several weeks as a church family, um, I do want to acknowledge that amid our uh, frustrations in our country, we certainly do serve a great country and uh, live in a great country. And uh, we uh, have not designed the service around that today, but I simply just wanted to acknowledge that and say that we are, I am certainly grateful for all our men and women who have served and continue to serve in our nation's military. And so we certainly, I hope you have time this week to have that time of reflection and celebration this week. Next, I want to say something I don't usually say. I'm not sure if I've ever said it, and there's no one thing that's, that's triggered it. Uh, but, uh, but I did want to say this. Uh, each, each Sunday you come and listen to a sermon, most Sundays from, from me. And uh, whether I hit a home run and knock it out of the park that Sunday with the sermon, or I barely make it to first base, you come back next week. And uh, I thank you for that. And um, it uh, is not always easy uh, to share uh, each week, uh, but it is something that uh, it is a passion of mine. It is something that I enjoy doing. And uh, sometimes I'm able to get that out exactly like I want to, and other times I'm not. And uh, I thank you uh, for your grace and your patience, and I thank you for dialogue that often happens during the week as well about my sermons. And so just felt led to say that uh, this morning. And also just a couple other things before we read our scripture this morning. Uh, each week, it is my hope and prayer that the Spirit of God uh, speaks to each of us, not only personally, but also collectively as a church family. Uh, when that takes place, the kingdom of God grows. It grows in us and it grows together in us. And there are things that we can do together as Boiling Springs Baptist Church that we could not attempt to do on our own. And so as we grow in our faith uh, each and every week, not only hopefully through worship, but through Bible studies and through other things, it is always my prayer uh, that we can collaborate, that we can come together as a unique body that's gifted in so many different ways and advance the kingdom of God so that others will hear about the good news that's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ and have that hope that we speak of not only these weeks, but each week about the hope of eternity um, with him. If you'll now look to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, beginning at verse 11, going through chapter 5, verse 10. This is several passages, but, or several verses, but um, let's allow the Lord to speak to us as we read. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with scripture, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake so that grace as it extends to you more and more people may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. 
For we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, when we have taken it off, we will not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan under our burden, because we wish not to be unclothed, but to be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, even though we may know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. May God add his blessing to the reading and the preaching of his word this morning. We will read 2 Corinthians 12 a little bit later in our service this morning. something again. Can we put those words back up there and just sing that acapella one time? Is that okay with you guys? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. As I referenced the kingdom of God earlier, and as we sang just now about the kingdom of God, I feel like it's my responsibility as a pastor to preach about the whole kingdom of God. And having said that, there are scriptures that I absolutely love to preach and that preach well. Um, There are other scriptures that at times ministers may seek to avoid. And uh, maybe they're a little more uncomfortable or maybe they're a little harder to preach. But as I I preach about the truths of the unseen world, there's also an underbelly to the unseen world. The Bible speaks of two destinations following life, one being heaven and the other being hell. Throughout Scripture, we're challenged to think about our own mortality and therefore our eternity as well. This last week, there was uh, many in our community, both from all over the United States and from around the world. We had people here from Australia and Canada here for uh, the Gravestone Studies Conference. Is that, did I get that right, Doug? I think that's right. And I met people yesterday in our cemetery here at Boiling Springs. Uh, I've been here four years, and it's the first time that 
Uh, we took things a little bit deeper with the cemetery, at least for me, but we were there in the cemetery. The staff was there. We had a tent and some bottled waters. And so some were coming from town hall up to the cemetery at Bowling Springs Baptist there across from Gardner Webb. And we gave them some water. And um, Dr. Hobbs had written out some significant things that others may, may would be interested to know from our cemetery. Uh, but they are an interesting group, and we enjoyed having conversations with uh, several of these from Oklahoma, Connecticut, New York, um, from really, like I said, from all over, everywhere as far north and south and west. And um, it, was, it was an interesting week, and those that uh, are a part of this group certainly had a, a wonderful time. And I, I, the reason I say all of this is to say that I don't think I have yet to go to a funeral or yet to visit a cemetery where I don't where I'm not in some ways forced to think about my own mortality. As I look at gravestones, as I, I see soldiers, uh, you know, I see the different people and their stories sometimes can be communicated by the uh, gravestone. It's interesting. And I can't help but walk away from something like that, like I said, and not think about my own mortality and sense of purpose and direction in life. What is, where's my life going? And uh, what's, what does God have me to do while I walk this side right now? These people did that, many of them in the 1800s, and uh, yet God has placed us here. And so what does that look like for me now? What would God have me to do? How would he have me to advance his kingdom? I can't help but think of often of Solomon's words I learned these years ago in Ecclesiastes in the Living Bible. He says it, uh, it's better to spend your time at funerals than at parties for death has a refining influence on you. I don't think most of you each week look at the obituaries to see just what funerals you could go to if you don't know the people. Uh, I don't think that's what Solomon was trying to say here, but I do think he was trying to say we need to think about our mortality. We need to think about life and death and the significance of that. Not only our purpose for living now, but what might our eternity look like as well. In the Psalms, Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5, David writes these words, Show me, Lord, my life, my life's end, and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. The world's death rate is holding steady at 100%. Amen. Um, it is worth our time and eternity to consider how quickly a breath takes place. Will you do that right now? Randy Alcorn writes in his book, Heaven, the wise will consider what awaits us on the other side of this life that so quickly ends. I believe in heaven and hell, and I believe in the realities of both in our world today. When we live out and are obedient to the commands of God, we see a little bit of heaven now. When we can see the realities of his kingdom coming to earth, when justice and when peace and forgiveness prevail, when the people of God live like the children of God, I believe we get a glimpse of what heaven can look like right now. And the opposite is also true. I see hell on earth when our humanity and our selfish free will becomes our first and foremost importance. I see hell on earth when a 21-year-old white supremacist walks into Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in downtown Charleston, South Carolina, and takes the life of nine innocent people. I see hell on earth when I hear of families and communities being affected by another senseless mass shooting. I see examples of hell when I read and learn of historical events like the Holocaust, or I think of families and children 
that had been abused. When I think of these two realities, heaven and hell, I personally do not understand why anyone would choose to reject God's offer of friendship and love. I can't understand it. I understand the world throws things at us. It throws us some curves balls and it can kind of get people off kilter at times about the bigger picture of life and eternity. But I'll never understand why someone would choose a path away from God's friendship and love. So as we think about heaven, as we think about hell, let me ask you the question, where is the good news when we think about the subject of hell? The good news has always been and will forever be Jesus. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is why I stand here before you today. Jesus is the reason that I was called into ministry. Jesus is the reason that we go to Guatemala and to India. Jesus is the reason that we give money to foreign missions and local missions. Jesus is the reason our church has a food pantry. Jesus is the reason we have Bible school. And Jesus is the reason that we meet here this morning for worship and sing songs and have times of praise. Jesus is the reason we take our concerns about life and the things that we don't understand, the things that burden us and the things that break our spirits sometimes. He is the reason that we take those things and he is the reason we have an opportunity or we have the, the passageway, if you will, to take those things to God. Paul understood that it was about Jesus. As you read his gospels, he understood that very clearly, that it was all about Jesus. As he was addressing false teachers and multiple issues with the church in Corinth, Paul wrote these words that we read this morning just a moment ago in 2 Corinthians 4, 14, that remind us that life and death, it's all about Jesus and his resurrection. He says, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. Paul's focus was on the God of resurrection power. Paul faced difficulties, he faced trials, he faced persecutions and death for Christ's sake because of the resurrection and the hope that he would also be raised with Christ. We see that not only here in 4.14, but we see it in other passages of Paul as, as well. The, Paul, the reason Paul did what he did, Paul of course was called by God to go and to share the message that God would have him to share of salvation through Jesus Christ. But Paul had hope and through all the things that he went through because of the resurrection that he would also be raised with Christ. As believers, we share this promise along with Paul that we too will be raised with Jesus. As I think about this, I can't help but think about baptism. And we're going to read a couple passages that I just read from Paul that talk about this. But during our vacation Bible school week there at the beginning of the summer, we had 11 children uh, that are now candidates for baptism, possibly 13, two more I need to follow up with. And so during the month of July, we're going to have baptisms. Those could start next Sunday, but I know they'll happen on the 14th and the 28th with several children. And so as we think about, um, as we think about baptism, verses 11 and 12 of 2 Corinthians 4 say this, for we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. And then in verse 14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. I often say when I baptize someone buried with Christ in his death, as they're under the water, risen to walk in newness of life. That water, that baptism is symbolic of the old life that's now been buried in the grave. Our sins, Christ crucified them on the cross. He was buried in the grave and now he has risen. And so we can rise also to walk in newness 
of life. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature or creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. As the church prepares for these baptisms in July, I also challenge you there in the pew. Some of you have made a commitment to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but maybe you've never followed through with believer's baptism. Please talk with me as this month uh, goes along. Talk with me this week, and I would love to entertain that and talk with you more about the significance and the importance of baptism. Other great lessons in our passage today. Um, verse 18 is somewhat could be also a theme verse for us as we move throughout this Unseen World series. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul in chapter 5 begins to talk about those things that are unseen. He says in 5.1, we have Paul speaking of the day when he uh, will be done with his human body. And I have it here in the New Living Translation. He regards his body as merely a tent or a temporary dwelling. In verse 1 of chapter 5, he says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Church, that is good news. In chapter 4, verse 16 that we just read, he says, We do not lose heart even though the outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. I love that passage of scripture. I've, I've read it, I think, when I was younger, but it was only years ago that I truly realized, and I think maybe age helped me to see the significance of that passage. Because again, it says, our outer man, do not lose heart, even though your outer man is decaying. We have evidence of that all around us. Each morning we stand up, I look in the mirror, I do, and notice that my hair is getting whiter and whiter. I notice that sometimes I'm, uh, I'm having trouble, more trouble with my back or knees, and you could go on and on about your ailments. But Paul reminds us here that our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Oh, man. Let me ask you this morning, church individuals, is your inner man being renewed more day by day? Are you taking steps to pursue the fact to see that your inner man is being renewed more day by day? <clears throat> I believe, believe the big theme for all of this as we think of things of eternity, we're reminded of our own, again, our own humanity, our own frailty. Words like tent and temporary are used over and over again in this passage that I read this morning. The opposite of what we will experience in heaven. Many here today know full well about the short term or the, or the interim state that we live in. Our earthly bodies are transient beings. And many of you know far better than I do about what that looks like. You've lost family members and you know the frailty of life. You know how uncertain life can be at times. Um, first time I experienced death in my family was in middle school. Uh, it was my grandmother. And then again in high school, I had an uncle. And 11 years ago, my mom left this world suddenly. It was summer, I was outside in King, North Carolina washing my car and I got a phone from my dad, call from my dad that mom had been in a terrible accident and they were airlifting her to Mission Hospital in Asheville. Mom didn't come home from that. And so the, the transitoriness of life, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the, um, the frailty of life is something that we need not take for granted. It is a blessing each day that you and I can awake and have breath and air in our lungs. To Paul, heaven was a place that he eagerly looked forward to. In verse eight of chapter five, he says, 
We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Paul looked forward to that day when he would spend eternity with his Lord and Savior. And it was an instant. Uh, it's not that we go somewhere and we, our bodies stay there and one day we may be with the Lord, but Paul said to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. He also said to the thief on the cross, do you remember? Today, not sometime in the future. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. I do, as I begin to close, I want us to go back now and look at 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 4. If we could put those up on the screen. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul wrote these words about a special vision. He, he was kind of hiding the fact that it was his vision, but it, it is his vision. We know that from later in the passage. We're not going to read that. But um, he says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1, it is necessary to boast. Nothing is to be gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Now, the first heaven would be our sky that we see. Second heaven would be that of space. And the third heaven would be that eternal abode, that eternal dwelling with God. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told that no mortal is permitted to repeat. I don't know exactly what happened here in Paul's, in Paul's vision, but in verse four, Paul tells us the things that he saw were too incredible for words. They were inexpressible, so glorious that words could not describe them. It'd be like trying to explain Einstein's, Einstein's theory of, of relativity to a baby. There were no words to describe what he saw. I'm reminded of Paul's words as well in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, where he says this. He's quoting the prophet Isaiah when he says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. What a wonderful passage of scripture. As we think about life, as we think about eternity, life certainly throws us some curveballs. But when we serve and follow a God that can raise the dead, and when we serve and follow a God who promises that we will be raised as well with Jesus, that he will present us before the Father, we have hope and we have purpose in this life and the next. Our hope for an eternity in heaven lies in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And today he invites you to come and to follow in that hope. What will be your response? Let's pray together. God, I love you and I thank you for your word. I thank you that when we open it up, it, it's not just words on a page from another book, but Lord, it, these are words that are life and these are words that have your presence in them. And God, I'm thankful that these words also give us hope. These words give us hope because they communicate to us the reality of Jesus Christ and his resurrection and the fact that we can have hope because you have risen from the dead. And Father, today, we ask the question to the congregation, to all of us here, is that a hope that we have? Is that a hope that we possess? Father, I pray for each one here today that they have put their faith and their trust in you. If there are any here today, Lord, that have not followed through with believer's baptism, that act of, that act of obedience, but also a symbolic act that lets others know that we have now chosen to follow you that we have been buried with Christ in his death and that we have now been risen to walk in newness of life. Father, help us 
as we have now pursued a relationship with you to advance your kingdom, both here in the community of Boiling Springs and around the world. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to stand and sing songs some of you may have sang when you were younger, a little chorus or a hymn, I'm not sure which it is, called Soon and Very Soon. It's in number 562 in your hymnal. Let's stand and sing together. If the Lord has spoken to you in some way or you desire prayer, I would be happy to love that opportunity to pray with you. And if you desire church membership here at Boiling Springs Baptist, would love to talk with you about that as well. Let's stand and sing together. Soon and very soon, hymn number 562. each of you have a wonderful 4th of July. Our activities are limited here this week. There is a uh, production, Ellen's not in here, Pork Chop Productions have been here the last two or three years. This is something that's through our local YMCA. They have a skit, a Chicken Little skit that they'll be doing. They'll be bringing buses in of kids from summer camps all over the county here to our gym tomorrow at 11 a.m. And so if you just are in the mood to be with a couple hundred kids, you come on over to our, <laughs> to our LEC and, and see that skit tomorrow at 11. But that's happening. There's no Bible studies this week, uh, but we certainly encourage you to, to be here next Sunday as we continue to worship and Lord, the, worship the Lord and continue to um, talk about this unseen, unseen world. We'll be looking at a passage out of Revelation 21. It talks about the new heaven and the new earth. Let me just encourage you to speak to a couple of people that you haven't spoken to before you leave today. And um, may God bless you this week. Hear now these closing words. Words that were shared last week uh, from the last, last two verses of Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence 
of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen.